forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Tori. And this is episode five of Calling the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. (laughs) For today's episode, we watched the first Twilight movie. And at least for me, and I'm sure for Tori too, it brought back a whole bunch of memories. So to break the ice, we are going to fill out this BuzzFeed quiz that we found like five minutes ago before recording which is (laughs) the quiz is called check off all the twilight stuff you've done and we'll tell you how much of a fan you really are okay so the first thing on the list is have you read the books of course we have yeah well i mean except for midnight sun i have oh yeah okay yeah Mm. but i'm still gonna check it off because yeah because uh next is read the books more than once i have done that i'm we're getting there we're (laughs) we're we're kind of doing that all right attended a midnight premiere for any of the books i did not i don't think i attended actually sure i thought you i did actually that's a lie i 100 did at um borders Mm-hmm. I went to a book release. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I remember I wanted to go, but since we were in middle school back then, my parents were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I didn't go. That just unlocked a memory that I had completely stored away. Ooh. Uh, next is Red Midnight Sun. I have not read it yet. It's going to be a no. <laughs> it's going to be a no. We're for getting me. there, guys. We'll get there. All right. Read the leaked half of Midnight Sun that was released online. Once again, no. Is there another? Because I remember before, like, the actual book was released, Stephanie Meyer did put out, like, a portion of it, but it wasn't so much leaked. Like, Stephanie Meyer was like, oh, here's, like, some of what I wrote. I don't know. Maybe that's it. They just want to judge it up a little bit. If that's the case, then the answer is yes, because I used to be so obsessed with like checking in on Stephanie Meyer's website and the Twilight movie website because I just wanted to know what was happening constantly so I read you know the little part of Midnight Sun that was um posted yeah I don't have a memory of reading it so I'm not gonna (laughs) skip it uh saw all the films I honestly don't think I have seen all of them (laughs) We talked about this before, I think. Like, Yeah, actually, wait, I don't know. Maybe I haven't. I really don't think I watched all the movies. I think maybe I didn't see the last one. Like, one of the Breaking Dawns I didn't watch, and I don't remember which one, so. Yeah, I, I don't think I watched the last Breaking Dawn movie, so. So, no. <laughs> uh. Saw all the films in the theaters. No, not all oh. of them. <laughs> no. All right saw any of the films at midnight in theaters yes I saw Eclipse I think that's the only one I saw at midnight in theaters though yeah I don't think I did we watched the Twilight movie the day that yeah we watched Twilight and Eclipse both the day they came out but it but I didn't watch them at midnight I don't know I saw the Eclipse premiere at midnight with my aunt (laughs) so great such a cool aunt (laughs) um owned the movies on dvd yes i do i was like you do now (laughs) i got them for my birthday 
I owner of the box set of Twilight DVDs. Are they like the extended version or like are there special? I don't think. Actually, I don't know. I'll have to look. Hmm. Take a gander. Take a gander. I don't. I I actually rented the movie um, for 48 hours. That's like the rental period. And I intend on watching it as many times as I can. I realized because I love the first movie at least so much, like I should just buy that one. (laughs) Really should. Um, So no, I do not own the DVD, the movies on DVD. (laughs) All right. Had a poster from the movies in your room. Yes, I did. I did too. I don't remember if I got it from like, if I bought the poster like as a poster or if I got it from one of the books or if I just got it from, you know how sometimes in like teen magazines, they'll have like, you know, a a poster that you can unfold (laughs) and things like that. Yeah. But I had one of those for sure. The book you gave me came with a poster that wasn't in it. So I'm I'm assuming that was on your wall. (gasps) Have we solved the mystery? Maybe that's why, that's probably why I bought it. (laughs) Like why else would I, why else would I buy another Twilight book? I already Just for the poster. Just for the poster. So yes, poster. Uh, Had a cardboard cutout of Edward or Jacob. No, I didn't, but I wish I did. <laughs> I I had a friend who had a cardboard cutout of Edward Cullen in her house. It was the greatest thing. We would like hide him and scare people with him. It was glorious. Now I think I might need one. I don't think my <laughs> boyfriend would be very happy with a cardboard cutout though. <laughs> I feel like if I had my own place and lived with like roommates, I would totally have probably Edward because why not? Um, and have him like as the... Uh, like the person that you see in the front door when you come in <laughs> yeah you could like decorate him for the holidays yeah give him a little scarf or like you know. a garden gnome like oh a garden so no no cardboard cut out but you know that might change in the future all right kiss your poster <laughs> or cut out of edward or jacob no i can't say i've done that i don't think i have if I did it's buried deep in my brain and I don't want to think (laughs) you're like I've hidden it you'll never find it uh next is uh had a twilight shirt oh of course I don't actually think I did are you sure yeah I don't because like you would have had to purchase it from hot topic and I know my parents are always like no (laughs) and plus those like because of the fact it was uh merchandise it was so expensive yeah it really was though so I always bought like the smaller merchandise like the bracelets and probably like a necklace I have a bookmark um that has like the cast from the movie so I bought like smaller merch but not like the shirts I so no (laughs) all right had a twilight shirt that said team Edward or team Jacob on it I did yeah um I think I told this story before but my eclipse book came with a like iron on that says like I think it said team Jacob for some reason I don't know I don't remember but I had an iron on and I think it said team Jacob they're really trying to push an agenda on us but I didn't put it on anything like the iron on is still intact and it's probably still in the book too (laughs) Would stand your ground <laughs> I am a actually no I'm a, I'm a team Carlisle girl through and through 
so no. <laughs> uh, Red Twilight fan fiction. Yes, probably. Written Twilight fan fiction. Yes. No. <laughs> I don't think I have, but I'm sure I can always start that now. <laughs> we really should. It was glorious. I think it needs to be revived. <laughs> we'll read like a portion of it or the description on the pod. Um, dressed up as a Twilight character for Halloween. I don't think, but I feel like I might. I was just saying that I should be Alice for Halloween this year. I was going to say, of, of all the characters, I can definitely foresee you being Alice. I know. Um, I have not dressed up as a Twilight character for Halloween, and I don't intend on doing so. <laughs> that might change, though. <laughs> don't hold me to it. All right. Had a Twilight-themed party. No, but that sounds so fun. I really want to. So I think badly. I think that whenever we can like hang out again properly, we should um have a Twilight party where we all dress like a different Ooh. Twilight character or like something relating to Twilight. I like when people get uh, creative in their costumes. Like yeah, maybe that would be funny. I don't know what a person could possibly dress up as that relates to Twilight, but I I'm think... just gonna dress up like a spider monkey. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you dress up as like one of the the human school friends like <laughs> like Jessica or Angela or whoever people are gonna be like who are you I'm Lauren yeah <laughs> I'm like who the fuck is Lauren I don't have to look like anybody I I look like Lauren because she's not in the movies but we'll get there okay <laughs> all right uh explain the entire plot of the books in detail to a friend is that not what this podcast is <laughs> that's exactly what this podcast is you guys are our friends and we're explaining the plot to you in detail <laughs> all right for someone else to read the books isn't that essentially what we're doing here yes that is also what we're doing as well we, uh, similar to how apparently the books were trying to spread an agenda, I am also trying to spread an agenda. I am trying to spread the Twilight agenda. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, gotten something Twilight related for a birthday or holiday present? I'm sure I have. Um, I don't think so. Anytime I bought or got something actually not even I always anything relating to Twilight I think I just purchased myself so it was never specifically for like a birthday or holiday <laughs> so no um, all right drawn fan art for Twilight no I can't draw I can't draw either so it's a no for me have you ever played a Twilight trivia game yes I have I haven't but I think I would do pretty well if I were well, have I ever won a Twilight trivia game? Yes, I have. Ooh, hell yeah. I have not because I haven't even played a trivia game. <laughs> but I could. We should Ooh. play one. That'll be fun. Ooh, that would be fun, yeah. Um... <laughs> Wish you could become a vampire every fucking day. <laughs> Constantly. Anytime I'm having a bad day, I'll just be like, God, this wouldn't happen to me if I was a vampire. <laughs> I just I I love vampires so much and I want to be one. <laughs> All right. Have you ever wished you could become a werewolf? 
I don't think so because I think the concept of becoming a werewolf always freaked me out because like you have to be naked when you change back into your human form and that really scares me so I just have never had an interest in being a werewolf so no (laughs) Uh, next is Argued with someone that Twilight was better than Harry Potter. I have not, mostly because I haven't even read the Harry Potter series. No, I haven't argued. I like them both. I can't even say anything bad. (laughs) Okay. Watched hours of cast interviews. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even after I watched the, rewatched the movie recently, I watched like a ton of cast interviews. I should go watch them now. (laughs) I did watch this one uh recently because it came up on my Facebook timeline and it was Robert Pattinson talking to Haley Williams from Paramore and yes. and he goes uh Haley where are you from because <laughs> he's like asking about her accent because he really liked the way that she says here in the song decode and then he oh, like yeah he like imitates the way that she says it <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so yep watched that uh listen to the film soundtracks yeah the twilight soundtrack is so good it's ridiculous all right read the books again as an adult they're really coming for us today (laughs) i feel seen (laughs) uh watch the movies again as an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) once again (laughs) yes i feel so seen all right met a member of the cast no I wish. That'd be so iconic. That could still change. That could still change. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Gone into Hot Topic exclusively to look for Twilight merch. Yes. Yes. All right. Gifted someone else Twilight merch. Probably not because I would have just kept it. I would have been like, this is for my friend. (laughs) No, I haven't done that either. No. Uh, watched other movies just because Robert Pattinson or Kristen Stewart were in them. Yes. Yeah, I have. Definitely. Followed Robert and Kristen's relationship. No. No. I didn't really care about their actual relationship. I like that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't follow up, uh, which goes to the next question. Cried when Robert and Kristen broke up. No. No. I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, now she can date women. <laughs> Live her true self. Uh, <laughs> taking a which Twilight character are you quiz? Yeah, I think we did one in like a few episodes ago. Yeah. All right. Posted your result from a Twilight quiz on social media. Um, I haven't done that. No, I haven't. Have you ever been upset with your result on a which Twilight character are you quiz? Yes, because I've gotten Jacob before and I was very <laughs> Uh, if I remember recently, I think I got like Bella at one point. I don't remember who I've gotten recently. I got like Esme another time and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So no. Um, had an argument about who the best character is. Probably. I'm sure I have. I was a very feisty child. I'm sure that (laughs) I argued with somebody. I'm sure even now I could argue about who the best character is. I'm still trying to determine that for myself, but, but, you know. Gotten an autograph from the cast. No. 
No, but that could change. That could change. All right. Attended a premiere for any of the films? No. no. That's not going to happen. You mean like a big premiere? I can't afford that. No. <laughs> Do they know who I am? Do you know who I am? No, they don't. That's the point. Uh, made a poster for the premiere. Also, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Named a pet after a Twilight character. Yes. You did? I named one of my hamsters Jasper. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love that. It was like a like a blondish colored hamster. And I was like, this is Jasper, my hamster. And, I love that. and then Jasper died. And oh. I was pretty sad about it. That but, is sad. You know. I don't think I have. I'm surprised, but I don't think I have. Okay. Uh Camped out overnight for a Twilight premiere. No. No. All right. And finally, spent nights wishing for your own Edward or Jacob. I'm sure I did. (laughs) I probably did. I haven't recently, but I'm sure I have. All right. Show me my results. I got 50% as hardcore as super fans. Oh, me too. Because there was definitely a period when Twilight was your life, but you were never fully obsessed. Still, you remember the series fondly. I mean, I felt like it consumed a good chunk of my life as a middle schooler, um, which we have talked about on the podcast. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Pretty accurate, I would think. Makes total sense. What um, GIF GIF did it show you? Uh, it's Bella being like, I know what you are. Oh, okay. That's the one that I see too. I didn't know if they changed <laughs> it for some reason. Wait, what percentage did you get? 50. Oh, uh, but like, so you at the bottom. And then it that. said I checked more than 87% of people. Oh, mine says 64%. Mm. Mm. But we still had about the same. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty close. Interesting. Well, got that out of the way. <laughs> So for this episode, like I said in the beginning, we watched the first Twilight movie and uh, it was kind of hard coming up with notes or like knowing what to talk about. Obviously, we can talk about like the differences between the movies, how we thought about the movies overall and everything in between and everything after. So I guess we could talk about the movie as a whole. How was it, you know, rewatching the movie after reading the books and like knowing how the original storyline was supposed to be well after reading the books I was like really confused because like I was remembering things now from the books and it wasn't being shown the same ways in the movies so I was like wait okay what's going on (laughs) but other than that it was just like super nostalgic it was snowing really bad outside when I was watching it so I was like yes this is perfect let's cozy up it's a perfect like stay inside and just ignore the weather movie Mm -hmm. it's also like really dramatic too like I forgot how dramatic it was like I know that it's dramatic but whenever I read the book it like was a little more comical to me like I read it more lighthearted. but Edward Collins just so serious (laughs) yeah I um I actually watched the movie last night and but it was like the last thing I did before I went to sleep so I've just been like thinking so much about the Twilight movie since I woke up this morning. (laughs) 
and we're recording this in the evening. Um, yeah, I definitely noticed like a lot of differences in the movie compared to the book detail wise. Like I still think the flow of the movie made sense and he got out a lot of the like important points in the book. So in terms of like following the storyline and making it still make sense, like in a film format, I think it still was fine. Um, I just, it was funny because I think I was laughing at the same things that I did like when I watched this movie back in the day. Like I saw Carlisle and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) As soon as he came onto the screen for the first time, I was saying to my boyfriend, I was like, Oh, when we were seeing that in theaters for the first time, me and Christina were losing our minds. I looked over and like Christina was like, oh my God. We were like lusting over this 30 year old man in the movie theaters. And I still am. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. I still am. I was just watching the movie by myself last night. And when Carlo comes into the, I will set the scene for you. This is right after Bella just almost got hit by Tyler's van. And both uh, Tyler's in the hospital room and Bella's in the hospital room and Charlie's trying to figure out what happens. And then they set the scene so that Carlisle just opens the hospital room doors and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> there he is. The man of your dreams. I really, uh, they like did so well in like capturing that like, you know, dreamy doctor scene or visual like oh god I still think about it he was cast so well (laughs) I still think about it um and little fun fact he wasn't even supposed to originally be the person who plays Carlisle in this no he basically bribed his way in (laughs) (laughs) with a fruit basket and uh so I have a because I was so obsessed with Twilight and wanted to get as much merchandise as possible the director Catherine Hardwick she put together this like director's notebook which I (laughs) because I'm a hoarder and I don't throw things away I ended up finding when I found my Twilight books and um it talks more about like specifically Peter Fasadelli and how he got the part so he auditioned for it and um they had originally signed on somebody else but that person that was supposed to be Carlisle he ended up falling through and didn't work out but um Peter really wanted this role and he wrote um I think he like got a book and wrote a letter or a note and gave it to Catherine Hardwick and when they were trying to find a new actor for Carlisle's role Catherine like found the book again and was like oh let's bring back Peter and that's part of how he became Carlisle and I'm like this is a great decision (laughs) didn't he originally not want him because he looked too young and they wanted a like age discrepancy between the children and him even though there's supposed to be an age gap yeah it doesn't say so in this book that might be the case in like interviews or like other secrets but it's possible but I don't know I think it still worked he still was a great Carlisle he's like the best (laughs) I don't have many qualms about the casting (laughs) he was a great Carlisle so I'm like that's fine um yeah what else about this movie as a whole I mean I still love this movie like I at first I was like no I'm gonna watch this like jokingly but like I think because I keep thinking about it and like analyzing it more quote analyzing it more it just makes me love it 
even more uh, to the point where I'm like, I need to purchase this movie so I have it and I can watch it anytime I want. <laughs> you need to hit up uh, half price books. Ooh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> or I could just get it from like Amazon or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's just like, I guess we can go into the differences as of the differences of the book and the movie. So okay. I, I mentioned that there were some details that they changed and the version of the movie that I rented from Amazon was the extended version. So it had a lot of like um, interviews with the cast, the director, the production team of the film. And they talked about like just how it was when they were trying to film this, this movie. Uh, and when they got to the scriptwriter and the director, they had talked about how um, they kind of had to rewrite certain details because in a movie it has to be like it has to follow like a very clear timeline and they just had to like cut certain scenes or like merge certain scenes so that like the flow of it would work better and I think it still made sense and the I guess the good part about it is that they ran a lot of it through with Stephanie Meyer just to make sure that it was still holding the integrity of the original book and Stephanie was on board so that's cool um so I mean overall the movie kind of did the book justice, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah, any changes that were made or like things that were added or taken away really don't take away from the plot itself. It just like shifts the story along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the sake of like turning a book into a movie, like some changes had to be made, but the changes weren't so drastic that you were like, I don't get what's going on in this storyline. Like it's still, just it still it, makes like, sense. T- if they made the movie like page per page from the book, it would literally just be like an hour of them in a car talking. Mm-hmm. Like they need to sum it all up. So, also, the book is written mostly in Bella's point of view. And in yeah. some portions of it, it's like her stuck in her head or her like unconscious. And so, um, the directors kind of had to take a lot of liberties in terms of like thinking, like, okay, what are the other characters doing during certain scenes and stuff like that? So, were there any like definite differences between the book and the movie that you were like oh yeah I know we talked about like quotes but yeah move on to that like later Mm -hmm. on the biggest difference is the way that she gets from she gets away from Alice and Jasper I couldn't remember how she did it in the movie because in the book she goes to the airport and then she goes from the airport to the Hyatt and then she goes from the Hyatt to her mother's house but she just walks away she just like in this in the movie she just walks away from them there's no big grand escape yeah the airport disappointed (laughs) the airport scene straight up doesn't exist and I was like oh that would explain why when we reread the book I was like I don't remember this scene (laughs) yeah I didn't remember that at all and then whenever I started watching it I was like wait okay how does she actually get away from them because how like how does this bitch do it Mm mm-hmm and then we she also talked- have to do it because she just walked out. <laughs> she didn't even have to. Give them a little bit of a challenge, please. I like how, um, yeah, so in the movie, Alice and Jasper are just checking out of the hotel, but they're both in the lobby and Bella is in the room by herself. So Bella gets the call from James pretending to be her mom. 
And um, after that call, I guess Bella uses that opportunity to like sneak out while Alice and Jasper are like aren't looking, which makes sense. Like they weren't watching her. So <laughs> yeah, like smart, but also like, why was no one watching her? I know. I'm like, they know how dumb she is. They also know how dangerous the situation is. Like, okay, so what if Victoria like showed up out of the blue and tried to kill Bella or, you know, right. whatever. Uh, we did talk about how when we were reading the books, we forgot about Lauren and Lauren does not show up in this movie. Yeah, there's a couple like random kids that hang around with Bella's little group of friends, but uh, one of those could be Lauren, but she's never explicitly named. Another big difference is that in the movie, they kind of introduce the bad vampires as like going around and attacking humans in the area whereas in the books they just kind of appear at the baseball scene you know there is no Waylon either in the books Waylon is Charlie's friend who gets murdered viciously by Laurent James and Victoria yeah I was gonna say that too when I was watching the movie um so there's a scene where Bella and her dad Charlie go to this diner that Charlie frequents often which and is another difference because she cooks for him all the time in the books they don't go yeah. to the diner but I did like the diner it, it gave it like it really added to the small town feel which is what Forks is so it was like a detail that didn't exist in the book but it made a lot of sense and also helped visually in the movie yeah I agree so it was a good addition but uh, yeah, so we first meet Waylon when Charlie first takes Bella to the diner since she's moved back to Forks. And that's kind of how you're introduced to Waylon. Um, but so that scene happened. And then there was the scene where Waylon gets uh, murdered on his boat by the um, nomad vampires. But I totally like forgot his name and I only remembered his face. And I was like, did I see that face before? And one of the notes I'd written down before, like, because I was just kind of like writing random things as I was watching. And I went, wait, did the person who die, was that Charlie's friend? And then I like answered myself later on. In the movie. <laughs> I went, oh yeah, that is. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a lot of, a lot of different things. In one of the post-production or like interviews about, how they produced the movie they talked about how when they went scouting for locations um the diner is like a place that exists in forks washington so Catherine hardwick the director took a picture of the menu she sent it to the scriptwriter and was like oh we should add um details from like this diner into the movie and that's what they did the berry cobbler specifically she was like yep <laughs> i love that this is what i want and i was like Ooh! Uh, another thing they did is uh, Stephanie Meyer, the author of Twilight, she had a cameo in the movie. Yeah, in the diner scene. In the diner scene, <laughs> which like it, it was very subtle, even though she was like right in front of the camera, but like she doesn't say anything and um, they very quickly pan away to Bella and her dad again, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's that too. Another really small difference is that their house is like super modern in the movies, but it's supposed to be like a really big white traditional home, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I um... I think it adds stylistically to like the look of it. I think it would look a little odd if there was this big grand manor, <laughs> the like blue cast and everything. It really adds to the, 
you know the mood the zhuzh of the movie the zhuzh of the movie as as you will um yeah so it was supposed to be like a an old white wall uh, like victorian mm -hmm. but i think they described or talked about in just like why they chose the colors that they did um explaining that like when you're filming with white walls in a house it's very hard to make sure that the coloring and the lighting is consistent so if you have colored walls it's easier to like color correct and stuff like that and plus if you have like very specific colors it helps with like introducing certain moods that are supposed to go on in like rooms and scenes so even that was stylistically like a decision that they made and I'm like oh okay that makes like sense (laughs) that makes a lot of sense um Oh, there, there is a very subtle difference how, where is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the guys start to ask Bella if they can take her to one of the dances, she says she's going to Jacksonville, Florida in the movie, but in the book, she tells them she's going to Seattle. And I'm like, oh, I also realized the homecoming dance wasn't a thing in the movie. The only like special event that was going on was the prom. And they kind of like set the time frame, like Bella says in the very beginning that she moved to Forks in March. So hmm. I know we kept asking a lot during like our discussions of the well, book. That's like, like a two month period? Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> a lot a lot happens in two months she literally just moved there and then two months afterwards she has like she like threatens to leave and gives her dad this like emotional grief and I'm like oh my god that's horrible also the scene when she's being when she like tells her dad she doesn't want to be there anymore still gets me I'm like oh I like was crying I get so emotional he's just standing there and he looks so sad and I just want to hug him uh, I'm like Charlie doesn't deserve this. He's trying to be a good, supportive dad, <laughs> which I still believe. Uh, what else? They don't talk about Alice's past at all in the movie, which is a little bit disappointing. No, they don't. I love learning about Alice's past, and yet they deprive me of such a basic pleasure. <laughs> I guess it would have been difficult to kind of introduce that. Like maybe. When they, when Bella and Edward had their Q and A session, that could have been like the time for Edward to talk more about, I guess, the rest of his siblings and their story. Yeah, but he didn't know about hers until James told them. Oh yeah, James didn't. Mm. Like in the dance studio. I think that might have been. So there is one thing that I learned, um, just like smaller details about this movie as a whole. Like this production team with the Twilight movie, the first one, they had like so many challenges with this, with with like filming in terms of like budget and time and locations and like just being able to get everything finished in the timeline that they were supposed to complete the project in. Um, So the character who played James, he had to film all of his scenes in like a very very short amount of time at the very beginning of filming because he had another thing that he was um acting for as well so I don't know it's possible that they just like didn't have time to really invest more into James's character which would have included like him talking about Alice because that makes sense I mean this entire movie was filmed in 48 days yes (laughs) so 
it would make sense that they don't have the time to delve in as deep as we would appreciate but that's wild to me 48 days Mm -hmm. it literally this movie came out in 2008 is that right it came out november 21st 2008 yeah and they started filming or they started work on this uh new year's day (laughs) of 2008 they filmed produced edited blah 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 like all within that year and I'm like that's insane like they were doing casting and like you know having the rest of the details done beforehand but like the actual production of this movie didn't happen until 2008 and um Actually, the same thing happened with New Moon. They like rushed the production too. Mm-hmm. I remember looking into, um, you know, why wasn't Catherine Hardwick the director for New Moon, which came out the following year? Literally a year later, on November 20th, 2009. And that's why, like the turnaround time was already so tough for um, Twilight, the first movie. And I, I totally understand why, like, she'd be like, this is, like, I can't, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. It yeah, would be too ridiculous. much. Um, yeah, so, so there's that. There were, like, so, there's so many struggles that I, I'm realizing, again, about, like, how and how much work went to this movie. But, like, I still think the movie did justice for what it was supposed to be, like, <laughs> The movie's just so great. And maybe I'm just saying it because I'm such a fan of Twilight. But like, I just I just still really enjoy the movie. <laughs> I would like to get sense. the perspective of like someone who like has the potential to like Twilight, but didn't grow up loving it. Like, mm-hmm. if do they still have the same love for it that we do? Or is it just like a nostalgia based sort of thing? You know? Yeah, I do wonder. So I know people have talked about like, is Twilight like a campy movie or would it fall under the genre or category of being campy and I think it does I still don't fully understand what it means for a movie to be campy but it just like if I were to describe it it's like odd but like a cult classic some may say um I don't know what what are camp movies or campy themes mm. Camp refers to intentionally exaggerated thematic or genre elements, especially in television or motion picture mediums. I don't know. Theatrical? Hmm. I don't know if I would say it's like intentionally exaggerated. I don't I don't know if it's meant to be campy, but possibly people could see it as campy. I think now, like reviewing it yeah. you know, over a decade after the original movie, you could consider it as such, but I don't think that was the intention when the movie was originally created. No, I don't think that was the intention at all, but I think like just the fan base has made it something campy. Mm-hmm. At least my understanding of campy, people are always like, no one knows what camp is anymore. And you're right. I don't know what camp is. This is my understanding of it. <laughs> so I think looking at the, watching the movie now, I would consider it, I feel like it it sort of does fit under camp, if that's the case. It's still debatable. I feel like with all of the knowledge that you, like, we know about the movie, it makes it campy. The movie itself isn't, but knowing, you know, all of the struggles that they had and the fact that Robert Pattinson hated it, 
or the fact that Stephanie Meyer now hates Twilight. Like, <laughs> that's campy. It's iconic and campy. Maybe the so the scene when Bella confronts Edward and says that she knows who what who and what he is, that definitely did not happen the same way in the book or in the movie. Because in the book, it's when Bella goes on her trip, but they instead go to the meadow that they kind of yeah that they go through the whole session but then in the movie it's like Bella has this moment at some point in the timeline of the movie where she like realizes and connects all the things it's after uh Waylon died and um she has this like very intense staring moment with Edward in the parking lot and they just basically skip class they walk off to the forest or the woods nearest the school and then they just have their big moment then (laughs) that scene listen the scene where he's following her into the woods is terrifying to me (laughs) he low-key looks like a serial killer going to follow somebody into the woods if I was one of the students of Forks High School and I saw Edward Cullen following Bella Swan into the forest I would say um sir are you going to murder that child (laughs) I honestly think that whole scene I think that's the part that I'm like this is campy because it's just so so dramatic it's so dramatic and I agree a little bit like out of character I felt like (laughs) out of character compared to like the rest of the movie yeah so yeah Bella walks into the woods or the forest area really close to their school and she (laughs) throws her backpack off to the side drama queen and I was like why did she throw her backpack and then Bella and Edward have their little confrontation and then Edward grabs her arm and like you know pulls her away and then eventually like pulls her on her back and just starts running and I was like what about her backpack (laughs) no she left her backpack are they gonna go get it when they come back (laughs) so there was that (laughs) Yeah, he's just, like, dragging her along. He grabs her arm, and he's like, let's go, and drags her. I'm like, oh, I was truly losing my mind. Like, I was laughing a lot when I saw that scene, because I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> this is really too much, man. And uh, the special effects on that scene really get me. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. him running around, throwing trees, having his little temper tantrum. <laughs> I just... The best part is, so you would expect, like, with that, they, they had to do a lot of green screen work but realistically they didn't they only had like two scenes though just the one when they're flying in the in the forest <laughs> when they're flying in the forest that's the only one that they had used green screen technology everything else was like a ton of rigging and like the production team had to build like I don't know whatever props in order to like cause those effects and stuff like that and I was like oh <laughs> okay I love the behind the scenes clips of like the vampires walking and people just pulling those big things yeah. and making them go super fast. When I was watching that scene, so this is the scene where the nomad vampires uh, go to the baseball field. I was like, what are they walking on? And then watching the like behind the scenes afterwards, it's like this plexiglass. It looks similar to like a, uh, you know, in the airport, the not the escalator, but the the moving thingy. The people mover. Yeah, that. That's what it reminded me of. And I was like, how did they get this in the forest? And it turns out there were like people 
or a machine that pulled the plexiglass and the actors had to like try to match timing so that they didn't fall off and I was like oh my god that's terrifying I would 100% break my ass I would fall off <laughs> I would fall off like that's what that's what would have happened um <laughs> so there was that there were like differences in how um Edward introduced the family story so in the book he they kind of go through it uh, at the Colin house hold and that does not happen in the movie yeah it doesn't happen in the movie he just shows them the uh graduation caps which was a good touch I (laughs) I did like that we didn't get to see Carlisle's like office and it mentions nothing about him like having to leave to go to the hospital Although the scene when they all are like in the kitchen is pretty funny. <laughs> I know. Just another difference. Um, Emmett and Rosalie weren't in the house in the books whenever Bella came over. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're all in the kitchen cooking. They're all making Italian food. And Emmett goes, are you sure? Or no, no. Rosalie goes, are you sure they're Ita- or she's Italian? And Emmett's like, her name is Bella. <laughs> like that means anything. <laughs> That's how I'm going to like just base things from now on. <laughs> just based off of the name. <laughs> Her name is Bella. Uh, yeah, I still love the scene where Rosalie breaks the glass that's supposed to have like salad in it, I think. I know. That looks painful. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're vampires. They're fine. They feel no pain <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah, I'm sad that they didn't get to have like the food. <laughs> I'm sad they didn't get to have the food that the family was like starting to cook in the kitchen. I was like, oh, I know. I felt bad. I was like, I'll eat it. Probably really bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, like they can read a recipe, but like, how do you know? I was like, could they smell it? Because like sometimes if you're like, oh yeah, this, if you, something smells like it's burning, then that means you've burnt it. I'm like, can they smell that? I guess like a mess so. was about to say, can vampires smell? I know. I would I almost said that too. <laughs> and then I went, no, like I don't that's not what I meant. Like, can they <laughs> wait, they can taste it, but do they know if it's good? Because like in the books, he eats that pizza or whatever the hell he eats. I don't remember, like what he takes a bite of. He can, but do they taste it? Is it just know. like eating cardboard? I, I wanna really, I really don't know. Maybe this is one of the plot holes in the <laughs> that needs more explanation (laughs) yeah I'm sure they can't taste it because like why wouldn't they just like not chew on pizza all day if they could taste it because like (laughs) there is something so um one of the like really weird things that I saw in this movie is Emmett had a bag full of hard-boiled eggs that's the only thing on my list I have a thing for weird things and it literally just says Emmett and his eggs (laughs) I was like why is this dude like I know in the, I don't remember if this was the case in the book, but in the movie, his character is very like jock-like. He like wears a tracksuit, is very bulky. And <laughs> to lunch, he brings a Ziploc bag filled with hard-boiled eggs. Plot twist, Kellen Lutz was like, Catherine, what do I do with my hands? And she's like, shit, I don't know. Give, give him a bag of something. I don't know, anything. Nobody's going to notice. I've got some eggs. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. (laughs) Oh, the scene with the salad bar, that didn't exist, I think, right? No, it doesn't exist in the book, but when he kicks the apple up with his foot, I lost it. It looks so bad. Um, That's also a little bit campy, in my opinion. The way that they did that scene was there was like a little string attached to the um, 
attached to the apple. So Bella would hit it and then whoever was maneuvering the thingy would pull it up and um, Robert Pattinson had to like make sure he caught it in his hands in the in that way. <laughs> I would so, miss. So that's how they did that scene. <laughs> but yeah, the hard boiled eggs was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny to me. There were other like uh weird things in the movie that I noticed one of them being that they ate a lot of Twizzlers Uh, any scenes that had the uh human high school students there was always like Twizzlers (laughs) and I'm like did somebody bring these to set like is somebody a big Twizzler fan did they get it I wonder if they got sponsored by Twizzler they got paid (laughs) to advertise Twizzlers did they get it from the craft services table and and had to shoot the scene and somebody's like oh no I still have Twizzlers from when I was eating my snack earlier (laughs) so Twizzlers sound good now Twizzlers um I also wrote down that so there's a scene where Bella is in Edward's room and she like pulls out this rainmaker and then Bella tells this random ass story about how when she was younger she and her mom used to collect okay one she used to have a chinchilla two she used to she and her mom used to collect the poop from the (laughs) chinchilla and put it in the rain like a paper towel or toilet paper roll and make a rainmaker out of that and I was like that doesn't sound sanitary is that is that allowed I don't think that's allowed <laughs> but that's I would like to once again did. reiterate that Renee is a terrible mother <laughs> you don't really get a sense of that in the movie though no I was thinking that like you don't really she's not as a how should I say this kindly you don't have to say it kindly. <laughs> uh, not focused on her daughter. Let's say it like that. Irresponsible. Okay. <laughs> Irresponsible. That's a good one. Uh, I could still definitely tell, like, how caring Charlie is, though. Like, I think, um, I forget the name of the person who played Charlie, but, like, his character in the book and in the movie, like, I think that matched pretty well. Like, you could still, he, like, tried, is trying to be, like, very caring and attentive towards his daughter, and it's a little awkward because that's just, that's the relationship, and I'm like, I can feel it. I understand. I love them so much. Charlie is just, I want to be his best friend and give him a hug. He deserves the world, both in the book and in the movie. (laughs) Oh, remember when I said uh, in when we were talking about the book that I couldn't remember if um, Charlie was at the hospital when Bella ended up going to the hospital after the thing with James. Mm-hmm. In the movie, both parents are there. In the book, I don't think so. I think it's just Renee. Yeah, I think it's just Renee in the book. So that happened. <laughs> so that happened. Um Oh, another weird thing is I tell this story every single time because it's still my favorite detail about this Twilight movie. Um, so the scene where James and Edward have the their like fight or struggle in the dance studio, um, Edward bites like a piece of James's skin off and they use string melted string cheese to do that. <laughs> what happened was the whoever the person who does like special effects makeup 
they like weren't available when they were filming that scene so they had to improvise they went to the craft services snack table saw a string cheese grabbed one put in the microwave for a few seconds and then let it cool down and then we're just like all right just just bite it rip it off (laughs) how did they even think to do that i mean when you have a very small budget and you gotta get the work done sometimes your creative juices just kind of they flow they're like what will we do what will we do the cheese the cheese actually i think they do say specifically how that like there's a page in here that talks about yeah it says it was late at night when we filmed the final ferocious bite we realized we didn't have any quote skin so we hit up the craft service table as shown below and then it has like a step-by-step thing on how to do like fx makeup and it says step one put on sanitary gloves or wash hands thoroughly remove cheese from packaging discard packaging step two place the cheese on microwave safe dish place that dish in the oven close the door press start step three microwave on low for 45 seconds or be until the cheese becomes rubbery cooking times may vary step four Cheese will be very hot. Allow the, quote, skin to cool so it's at room temperature. Clean the desired area and then apply. Enjoy. (laughs) I love that. Now everyone can make their own skin if they so choose to. Now you can make your own vampire skin. And it kind of matches, I guess, because screen cheese is very pale white and vampire. At least that'll match me. I'm literally so pasty. I don't know if that would match me you'd have to use like coloring to make it a little tanner (laughs) Uh, so there was that other things that I noticed in this movie we talked about a little bit before um, but the culling crest I totally forgot that was a thing that existed in this movie like only in this movie too yeah I completely forgot about it as soon as I saw it I was like oh yeah that's a thing especially because you used to have one yeah, like I had stuff with it too, like shirts. I think I might have had like a necklace or a bracelet or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like this calling crest that does not exist in the book at all. They created it in the movie because they wanted to signify some sort of like, I don't know, a symbol, symbolism for the Cullen family, which I guess makes sense since they've been alive for so long and they're vampires. So like that, like adding to the the lore of vampires and royalty I, I don't know it, it's weird how they described it but the guys all have like these wristbands with the crest on it and then Rosalie wears a necklace with the crest and Alice has a little choker with a little crest thingy on it maybe I had Alice's choker I think that's that what you very had. on brand for me I would wear it now if I had it. <laughs> Let's get them. Let's get matching Alice them. chokers. <laughs> it's probably cheaper now, right? Probably, unless they're like capitalizing on this whole Twilight Renaissance thing. Oh, we need to jump on that now before it's too late. Or we could just make it ourselves. <laughs> We're crafty people. We could figure it out. Not me spelling choker wrong. I don't even know how you... I don't want to say how. <laughs> I don't... I don't want to say how I spelled the word choker, but I will just let you know there is no A in it. Choker? I barely know her. That's literally <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> nice, nice. 
Uh, I think they do they use the crest in the rest of the movies? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. I guess we'll find out when we watch the other ones. I guess that is going to be a detail we're going to look out for. So the Cullen crest is a thing. Um, I tried to see if Esme was wearing it at all. I did not see it. And I don't think Carlisle does either. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I was like looking intently. I guess when I rewatch the movie again before I go to sleep tonight, <laughs> I can determine if that's the case. She might have a ring. Yeah, it might be a different type of jewelry. I think I kept, because I kept looking for like, you know, the same type as what the children are wearing. So I was trying to see that if there was like a necklace. I was trying to see if it was like a wristband or a bracelet, something like that. A cuff, a pin. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't button. tell any pictures. I don't know. But I think it was like very good uh, marketing planning in the future that they were like, oh, let's add this crest. And then like evidently it turned into merchandise for. Oh, yeah. They sold the shit out of that. For the series. And I'm still like, I mean, my favorite style of Twilight shirt is still the baseball tee with the culling crest on it, which it's the best. Tori used to have or might still have. I don't know. I wish I still had it. I was looking for it the other day. They're like, they're like expensive now. I'm telling you we need to just make it let's do it (laughs) let's make it um so there's the Cullen Crest the only other visual thing that I wrote down that I thought was important is just the fact that the entire movie is filmed well it wasn't filmed but in post-production they added like uh like a blue colored filter on like almost all the scenes which I think really adds to we talk a lot about like the mood and the coloring being very important so having like that blue lighting in specific scenes like in the forest and just like outside in general like it did a good job of making the whole movie seem like dramatic in certain ways and moody yeah and it really makes this movie in particular stand out from all the other movies in the twilight saga because the other ones have that golden look but this is the only one that's got that like cool blue thing going on mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason it feels so nostalgic too because when you see that blue you know it's the first twilight and it's yeah old. it's the best yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the best somebody should just make uh something where they put the blue cast on all of the other twilight movies I saw that someone did it for breaking dawn part one but I need it for all of them I need it for new moon eclipse breaking dawn part one breaking dawn part two it needs to be consistent (laughs) uh what else is there before we can like talk about movie quotes because that's also great Mm. there's just like little really really little things like in the very beginning Bella's holding a tiny cactus and I was like oh my god I lost it this girl has her little cactus I literally wrote in my notes that Bella holding her little cactus in the beginning had me cracking up her holding the little kick cactuses in the beginning killed me lol <laughs> i don't know why it like her just always holding it her sitting on the bed her little cactus in her hand i put it's like the first thing you see when bella's introduced in the movie i put not the tiny cactus that she's holding in the beginning of the movie <laughs> um i guess we can talk a little bit about jacob because he's not actually that in the movie that much Mm-mm. um which I guess, I mean, New Moon is really where you see more of Jacob, but to shine. But there isn't, yeah, there aren't many moments where you see Jacob in the movie. And then same with, I know we talked about how 
Billy was really annoying because he was always like just kind of dropping in to the Swan residence to basically warn Bella and also, I guess, in turn also warn Charlie. But that didn't really happen. It was just like the one scene when they went to go watch the the game on the flat screen. Yeah. <laughs> With the fish fry. <laughs> yeah, they like mixed all of Billy's scenes together into one scene. Which makes sense. Also, oh, I remember when we were reading the book, when Bella first gets her car, she's like not that interested in it in the book, but in the movie, she was like so excited for it. Yeah, she's like, this is awesome. She's like, are you? And then she smacks Jacob with the door. Yeah. And I'm like, was that supposed to happen or was it an accident? Because either way, it was, it like. I don't think it was supposed to happen. I thought it was funny. Like, I think it matched well with like Bella being really clumsy and like Jacob being head over heels and being like, it's okay. Like an awkward teenager. (laughs) So I thought that worked. Oh, the golden onion. The golden onion. (laughs) The golden onion. I forgot that was a detail in the movie they obviously don't talk about it in the book I just thought that was funny like <laughs> yeah he's like the winning team gets to take home the golden onion and then I love the kids are like boo and uh, when Bella gets almost hit by Tyler's car she's holding the golden onion <laughs> I didn't even notice that yeah it's like her uh, bag of stuff and then <laughs> and then on the hood of her car it's like golden <laughs> onion <laughs> golden onion oh we didn't even talk about the baseball scene oh yes the baseball scene nothing is more iconic than the baseball scene it's just really great i love uh emmett's fila velour tracksuit my favorite so iconic favorite outfit um i don't know i just i still love that scene the music in it the coloring yeah the music really makes it like that super massive black hole in the background really gets you going hell yeah (laughs) i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) hell yeah best part other than that it's just like there aren't notes to say about it because that scene is still a masterpiece (laughs) it's still a masterpiece i guess you can move on to quotes so what are some iconic quotes that are in the movie that don't exist in the book and one, speaking of the baseball scene, um, Rosalie, whenever, what, what does Emmett do during the baseball scene that she's like, my monkey man? She, he, uh, so Emmett climbs up a tree, catches the ball and throws it. Yeah, and she says, my monkey man. <laughs> what does that mean? Monkey man. There's a lot of references to monkeys that are in the movies that are not in the books, such as you better hold on tight spider monkey oh my gosh so about that scene like they didn't have what bella and edward were going to say when they were about to film it so literally the director and the scriptwriter were just coming up with lines for both the characters and they had robert pattinson pick which one he wanted to say <laughs> rob why did you pick that <laughs> and he ended up picking like that one and i was like oh. Of all I want to know lines. what the other options were. Honestly, pretty probably pretty bad. Hang um, on, Loka. <laughs> honestly, pretty bad. My favorite quote in the movie that doesn't exist in the book, I don't think, is when it was raining and they're going to science class and Mike uh, holds his r- umbrella up on top of Bella's hair and she's like, how you liking the rain, girl? <laughs> how you liking the rain, girl? 
That's like my favorite line, my favorite quote from this movie. <laughs> How you liking the rain, girl? <laughs> oh, that scene has one of the most iconic quotes that is in the movie, but is not in the book. When he's like, I can read everybody's <laughs> mind in this diner. Yeah. Money, sex, sex. Money. <laughs> sex. Cat. <laughs> and then the guy just goes, hmm. <laughs> That's so funny that's literally one of the only lines in this movie that I think they genuinely meant to be like comedic everything else feels so serious but that's just so gut-wrenchingly hilarious like it was so funny oh my gosh yeah that's also a good line too oh another great quote is when Edward comes up to her and he's like what's in Jacksonville and she's like Floridians that's what's in Jacksonville but she also goes and she falls she was like how did you hear that (laughs) oh one of my favorite scenes after they kind of I guess established that they're dating is when it's the first time that Edward drives Bella to school in his car and he's wearing the sunglasses and everyone's staring at them and he's like oh that guy's not looking oh wait he just looked and then he like puts his arm around her and he's like since I'm going to hell anyway <laughs> oh yeah she's like they're all staring and she, he's like oh that guy's not staring no he just looked <laughs> I was like yeah, that's so funny too I thought I, I like that scene I was like oh okay all yeah, right not that guy yeah. all right <laughs> all right but I also was like why is Edward wearing sunglasses that means it was probably sunny but then if it's sunny he how should... is he not sparkly exactly I was like or is hmm. he just being a drama king it might be that or it might be the type of like brightness but it's still pretty cloudy we have those days sometimes here <laughs> Sometimes we have those days here. There were a few quotes that um, the scriptwriters and um, Stephanie Meyer had to like work really. They went like back and forth in terms of like which quotes had to be said verbatim. So like, I think the one so the the lion fell in love with the lamb. Like that line was word for word in the book and in the movie um what was the other one there was like another one that I was like oh yeah that's like the same line oh yeah. it's the um the like three things that was absolutely positive oh yeah first Edward is a vampire so there's that one there were like certain lines that Stephanie Meyer was like no this has to be said like exactly in the book because they were just like the iconic lines yeah which I get <laughs> I put what happened to Catherine Hardwick we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier but Catherine ended up not being the director for the second film after Twilight but I feel like out of all of the directors of the Twilight movies like you know Catherine Hardwick by name yeah I don't know who directed the other Twilight movies which is you know that's honestly <laughs> the first movie is the best movie in my opinion <laughs> so name recognition for the first movie is enough for me um I did look into it a little more though and the rest of the directors of the movies are all men. Catherine was yeah. the only woman who directed the Twilight films. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> a lot of people... Actually, she thinks that the reason she got hired is because they didn't think it was going to be a good movie. So that's why they hired a woman. There's literally a quote from her that says, why do you think I got the job? Why do you think they hired a female director? If they thought it was going to be a big blockbuster, they would have. they wouldn't have even hired me because no woman had even been hired to do something in the blockbuster category. 
Yep. So they weren't even expecting this movie to do anything. Yeah, they kind of expected this movie to be more of an indie film. And Catherine Hardick is, is an indie filmmaker, or she has a lot of indie films. So that's kind of probably how it fell into her hands. But I talked earlier about how there were so many struggles with this movie. Like originally, the production team was told that they were going to work with like a certain budget. And then suddenly the budget got cut and they're like, you got to figure out how to make it work. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what they did. And then Tori, you mentioned how the production of this movie itself was filmed or completed in like a very, very short amount of time, like a little over a month. Yeah. What was it? 48 days? I 48 think? days. Yeah. That was something like that. And I'm like, yeah, 48 days. Crazy. Holy crap. Usually people film movies like a year or years in advance. That's uh, usually like a year in advance. So that they have time to edit and stuff like that. But nope, not this one. This one was like created and, you know, premiered in the same year, (laughs) which is crazy to me. I know. Yeah. I mean, overall, I just think that Catherine is such a, like a quirky director. Yeah. Summit initially wanted to work with her because of her like earlier works, like 13, because they were like really like gritty, like Mm -hmm. teenage movies. And she didn't want to do Twilight until she read the book. Mm -hmm. She literally got the script for Twilight and threw it in the trash and didn't even consider it until she read the actual book itself. Which I guess... And asked if she she could rework the script. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I could see it because they probably didn't portray the script in the same, like, love story fashion. Mm -hmm. It's probably written by a man. (laughs) Who doesn't understand <laughs> what so, do men know it makes sense but just overall in the entire process like Catherine Hardwick was so hands-on with like every single thing um to the point where she even created a director's notebook <laughs> but yeah just from you know picking specific people for like roles and like working with like the costume team like a lot of the clothes or some of the clothes in the movie are like hers yeah (laughs) literally from her closet and I was like that's probably in part because they didn't have the budget to spend that much on wardrobe and I don't know I just feel I could totally see like that being her style of how she works with movies um And she was really big on trying to get more like diversity into the movies too, but Stephanie Meyer just was not having it. Yeah, she did try really hard to do that. I mean, so looking at watching the movie, I was like, I mean, there is, I wouldn't call it diversity in the way that it's like, oh yeah, like there's a, it seems more like token diversity. So they have like very specific people in like different diverse quality, different diverse categories but it would be like one person of color in yeah who identifies as this and another person of color who identifies as that but as a whole it's still a predominantly white casted movie literally (laughs) Catherine Hardwick said that when she was trying to get Stephanie Meyer to get more like a more diverse cast she was refusing because there's a line in the book that says they have pale glistening skin and the only reason she was able to get Laurent played by a black man is because he's considered olive he's he's called olive skinned in the book and she fought that there are black olives out there there's literally a quote of her saying wait really yes Catherine Hardwick got got Laurent 
played by a person of color because she had to fight and say that there are black olives. Wow. She, she wanted John Stamos. Her, in her dream cast, Laurent was John Stamos. Oh my God. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> I feel like in terms of like, if you were trying to get more diversity in your cast, I guess Laurent is the character yeah. that you get the most wiggle room. Um, I also think the high school friends yeah she didn't care so much about like the high school friends but the vampires she had a very specific vision for Catherine Hardwick wanted to make Alice Japanese and she was like nope I didn't write her that way (laughs) that is so interesting Catherine Hardwick literally said that Stephanie Meyer quoted and said I didn't write them that way oh my god oh ma'am damn Oh, I was going to say, who's supposed to be Edward? I can't remember. Um, His name is Henry Cavill, I think is how you say it. He played Superman. I thought that was supposed to be Carlisle. And because they said no to him being Edward, she then tried to get him to be Carlisle, and they said no uh, to him. Oh, okay. I did remember he him. He really wanted this man, and they said, bitch, no, we don't like him. <laughs> bitch, no. There are, like, more interesting cast stories. Like, at the time when um Catherine got Kristen Stewart Kristen was here in Pittsburgh filming Adventureland yeah oh queen cats and Catherine flew here to Pittsburgh and they were filming that movie Adventureland at Kennywood I can't believe that we are in the city that Twilight history was made in literally um yeah they like Catherine flew all the way to Pittsburgh here (laughs) to try and convince um and get Kristen Stewart to be Bella in the movie and then I guess at some point, um, Kristen Stewart flew to Oregon or wherever Chris, uh, wherever Catherine Hardwick was doing like the casting, and um, they just did like a whole bunch of chemistry tests with like potential Edwards until they found who would be Edward, <laughs> and it ended up being Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Which even his story of how he became Edward in the movie was funny too from what I saw, it said that he was, like, he was recommended. Somebody recommended him for the role, and Catherine Hardwick was like, eh, I don't know. They brought him in for the chemistry test, and um, he and Kristen just, like, I guess, did well together, chemistry-wise, compared to the other guys that who, who were supposed to be Edward, and ultimately, that was how they made it work. But then they had, like, a lot of, like, how do we make, like, his hair look? Like, how do we make this guy look otherworldly because that's just like how Edward was portrayed as <laughs> and that's kind of how they did it did you um see that they uh put extensions on Robert Pattinson originally and he hated it he was like no no <laughs> absolutely he's like absolutely, absolutely not. not I'm not fucking wearing these <laughs> I'm sorry if that offended anybody that's my Robert Pattinson impersonation absolutely not <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe they had him wear extensions. I, I wonder if that's why Jacob has long hair, because she was just like, I really just want a man with long flowing hair. Please give it to me. Like, I just need it. I mean, with Alice's wig, she just wore like a long blonde wig and they kept shutting it. They kept cutting it until it got to a, quote, pixie length, which, yeah, <laughs> I guess they achieved that. The way that it's like styled in the first movie, I'm still like, 
it's very like staticky looking like it looks yeah. like it looks like you like rubbed your hands on a balloon and then you like stuck it on alice's head and then her hair just like whoop. i remember wanting that hairstyle so bad in seventh grade didn't one of our friends in our yeah one of our friends cut her hair and it was dyed it like pitch black like alice's i remember that and like cut it in the pixie haircut. yep i remember ah memories <laughs> Are Don't there you any think a middle schooler? I feel like we could have done we were we were simultaneously invincible and so fragile at the same time. <laughs> uh were there any other casting things that you're like, oh yeah. Like Nikki um, Reed, she worked with Catherine Hardwick in the past. So Yeah, she was in 13. Mm-hmm. And um, because they worked well together, Catherine was like, Hey, you wanna play a character in Twilight, this movie I'm working on. And she had recommended her for Rosalie. And Nikki Reed read the thing and she's like, people are going to hate this character. And she's like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's see. For um, casting, the woman who plays Victoria, her name's Rochelle. Le- I don't know how to say her last name, actually. Her name's Rochelle and she's a queen. Oh, I love her so much. She is the perfect Victoria. What else is she in? Like, is she familiar to you? I don't know, actually. Let's take a gandy. I know I- that the next person who plays Victoria, I know I've seen her in other Bryce things. Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in that one Black Mirror episode. Yeah. And like another series, I can't remember. Another movie, I can't remember. Looks like she's in a bunch of other stuff, but I... um Nothing that's like, oh yeah, this thing. Uh, the person who played Jasper Jackson Rathbone, he originally auditioned to be Edward. Ended Could up- you imagine that? I kind of could. I, I feel like if they, I, I think if they styled his hair in a certain way, because he's not originally that color blonde. I feel like if they styled his hair a certain way, it may have worked. But yeah, a lot of characters had to dye their hair or wear wigs for this film. But yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart wore hair pieces. She did, and. Actually, I think Rosalie dyed her hair in this movie in a different one. She wore a wig. Yeah, she dyed her hair so much in this movie that it fell out and she had to wear a wig for New Moon. Oh, poor, poor Nikki Reed. I know. Um, yeah, Jackson Rathbone had to dye his hair as well. Peter Fascinelli had to dye his hair blonde too. I'm pretty sure whoever plays Esme wore a wig though. Mm, probably. Because it just... It wasn't styled the best. You could like tell. <laughs> you could like they did her dirty. <laughs> they did poor Esme. My poor compassionate mom Esme. <laughs> she don't deserve this. Who else had to get a different hair? I mean, Cullen Lutz, he just had to get shave his head, so And then there's Jacob's wig once again. <laughs> poor Jacob. It looks so bad. I mean, he cuts it in New Moon. It's I know, thank God. It's a temporary problem. I guess just like other little casting things. So Kristen Stewart was 17 when this movie started filming. And she was like, there's a lot of laws about minors filming movies and how long you can film them. So she could only film, I think it said like five and a half hours oh. in a day. 
And that meant that actually a lot of the work was like a stunt double or they had to be very strategic on when they would film Kristen's scenes, especially the ones that had to be filmed at night because they couldn't, minors couldn't film at night. Um, and so Kristen Stewart was 17 during three fourths of the filming of this movie. The last fourth, she finally turned 18 and everyone was so excited because they were like, oh, finally we can like <laughs> have her you know, filming scenes um, during the nighttime, which there are a lot of scenes that happen at night. <laughs> at night. And then I also, I looked into like the ages of everyone else during this movie. And Robert Pattinson was like early 20s during this movie. Which, I think he was 21, 20. Which, I think it was 21 or 22. I can't remember. I think he was 21 because they originally didn't want who Stephanie Meyer wanted because they wanted someone under 21. So mm. he was probably 21. But uh, yeah. So I mean, like in terms of age wise, I guess they were as close as they could be to the age of teenagers. Like Kristen Stewart was the same, like the exact age she needed to be, if that made sense. <laughs> um. I forgot to look into the rest of the culling kids, but like all the high schoolers seem to be the appropriate age, kind of, which I was like, hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. It's like, I, I think, I think I just feel weird about it now because if you see any media with teenagers, they're always played by older actors. So they don't look like teenagers, but now looking at it, I'm like, oh wait, some of these kids were like, teenagers yeah. in the movie so they like casted it well age-wise I think another casting thing I literally just remembered is Anna Kendrick is in this movie and even Anna Kendrick always forgets that she, she always forgets that she's in this movie <laughs> which I think is so funny like I love the interviews where she's like I was in Twilight <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would still consider Jessica pretty integral. Yeah, role, she's though. pretty significant. It's not like she's just like an extra. How do you forget that? Like Angela, you would consider an extra. Like, because she doesn't really yeah. say much in the movie. But Jessica, she's like there. She's pretty poignant. She's like pretty, here I am, world. <laughs> I do like when she's trying on the dresses and she's like, this one makes my boobs look good. <laughs> I know, and I love how at the prom, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bella gest- gestures Bella's to her just like and gives her a thumbs up. I I can't wait to see that scene again today. I can't um, believe Anna Kendrick forgets uh, that she was in Twilight when she says one of the most iconic lines, when she's like, aren't people from Arizona supposed to be, like, really tan? <laughs> and then she Chris- delivers it perfectly. And then Bella goes, I guess that's why they kicked me out. <laughs> But says it so awkwardly that both Jessica and Mike are like, uh-huh. yeah, I wouldn't know how to respond. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Awkward. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought that it felt like the cast got along well with each other, though, which I think is good. All the behind the scenes pictures look so fun. They all look like they love each other so much. I just want to be their friend. They look like they had a good time with each other and like just enjoyed working with each other, which I'm like, that's great. That's good to hear. Love that for them. Um, Final thoughts. (laughs) 
All right, my final thoughts. Hmm. I would like to say a lot of people give Kristen Stewart a lot of shit for this movie for not smiling, but I would like to say that she in fact smiles over 35 times in this film. Did you count? <laughs> I don't want to say if I've counted. <laughs> But you but can. I just, want, I just want to know that, or I, I just know for a fact that she smiled over 35 times. How I know that information, I will not disclose. <laughs> She's like, I will put it on the record, but I will not disclose how we got to that report. But she smiles. Yeah, I, I remember being very hesitant on like how I feel about Kristen Stewart's like interpreting Bella's character, but I get it. Like, <laughs> I think I get it. There are like periods where in the movie, the acting scene like feels a little awkward or like feels weird, but I don't I know. I feel like that's probably the fault of the script a little bit. Yeah. Like the scenes that just like make sense or like where Bella is supposed to be like awkward and clumsy and shy. Like, I think she nails those. <laughs> yeah. I could like, you could feel that you're like, oh yeah, she's like so awkward or like really timid and like you know all that other stuff yeah I think she portrays it exactly as she should and I think a lot of people owe her an apology <laughs> we're like it's the writing some of the writing though that's that's where I draw the line but um yeah my what are your final thoughts I am still madly in love with Carlo <laughs> as you should be I just, yeah, you, you think you grow out of it? Nope, never did. Is Peter Fascinelli married? Probably. Is he, isn't he married to like Jenny Garth or something? I don't know. I'm also like, how old is this man? Because why am I still in love with him? <laughs> He's 47. That's not that bad. <laughs> That's fine. That's you can fine. date a 47 year old. I wonder what else he's been in. Listen, I like him as Carlisle. Otherwise, I don't, because I don't know what else he's in. So. <laughs> like only as Carlisle still love Carlisle Cullen um that scene in the hospital still still hits me right in the heart and I don't think that will ever change <laughs> and I still love the Twilight movie there yeah, are there's still awkward moments in it and like now knowing that the production team had to go through a lot and like really fight to just even have this movie exist in general I'm like they did the best they could and I appreciate that <laughs> I feel like that's what gives it its charm like some of the awkward moments and the like really weird dialogue just gives it that charm mm -hmm. and it basically started this entire frenzy over the Twilight series so thanks Twilight movie <laughs> thanks Twilight thanks, thanks Catherine thanks Catherine thanks everyone involved with the movie um so that being said, the next thing that we're going to do for the next episode is we're going to start reading New Moon. I'm so excited. Did you get the book yet? Yep, I got it right here. Woo! I just wiped mine off because it's been like covered in dust. So I'm like, oh, got to clean it. Got to get it ready to read. My copy is actually uh, my boyfriend's cousin's and I have her like high school uh schedule in here it was still in the book when I got it so oh and then you're like let's take a look at what the I know it's was. really like a time capsule to display <laughs> what it is you know I wonder if I'm gonna find something 
<laughs> a time capsule item in my book. We'll see. But yeah, so we're going to read New Moon and for the next episode and uh, probably go through the same things that we did for the Twilight book and just read them in chunks and talk about how we feel about them and go from there. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up this episode? I think I've gotten all of my thoughts out. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode where we talked about the Twilight movie. We hope you enjoyed our <laughs> reminiscing <laughs> on the movie and just being obsessed with it again. You can tune in every other Monday for this podcast as we fall back into our Twilight obsession like it's 2008 again. You can find Calling the Shots on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms. Come sit with us next time for lunch and learn more about our sparkling personalities. Bye. Bye. Bye.